0: You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingsworship.org.uk. Today I'm going to be looking at Psalm 77. I'm continuing our series Out of the Depths. Let me just explain why I'm sitting on a chair today. So I hurt my back a few weeks ago. Um, my back's now feeling much better, which is great. Although, whilst I was away this week, um, I knelt down. And now I've got sciatica in my left leg and it's really painful to stand for any length of time. Even sitting now it's a bit sore um, and walking any distance is also quite sore. So that's why I'm sitting on a chair today. So. There we go. Hopefully that explains that one. So Psalm 77, if you've got your Bibles or you've got your your Bible app, you might want to switch your phone on or turn in in the physical book to Psalm 77. I'm going to be continuing our series um, that we're looking at the Psalms called Out of the Depths. And this basically is seeing how the Psalms can help us um, emotionally to deal with problems that we may face as living as, as Christians. Um, And it runs in parallel and kind of links in together with our other series called the Christian Survival Guide, which takes a bit more sort of a practical um, theological approach to the same question, really. So let's put Psalm 77 in context, first of all. So we find Psalm 77 in the third book of the Psalms. Some Bibles don't split them up into books, but some do. They came in sort of separate volumes. This was like volume three, um, the third book of the Psalms. Um, And sometimes this third book of the Psalms is referred to as the book of crisis, okay? As a lot of the Psalms in it deal with crises, past and also present. Most are a bit difficult to pinpoint exactly when in history they were written. But at least three in this section deal with the Babylonian exile, which was a time when the Jewish people had been removed from the promised land and were living as captives in exile in Babylon. And the second psalm in this book, Psalm 73, presents us with an existential crisis that God's sanctuary has been destroyed and God's seeming abandonment of his people to their enemies, the Babylonians. Now, today's psalm continues in the same lament style that we see in 73. So, we're now going to hear Psalm 77 read to us by Laura, um, which is going to continue this kind of lament style that, that quite a few psalms have.
1: Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint you kept my eyes from closing I was too troubled to speak I thought about the former days the years of long ago I remembered my song in the night my heart meditated and my spirit asked will the Lord reject forever will he never show his favour again Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago and I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power amongst the people's. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Laura. What we can see from this psalm and as well as other psalms of lament is that there will be trouble in life. Trouble is going to come. Okay. Choosing to follow Jesus doesn't mean life will suddenly and magically become trouble free. That just isn't reality. In fact, life often can become harder. Harder. And just like the psalmist Asaph, he's the chap who wrote this psalm. We see it at the top there. In some Bibles, it tells you who the author of the psalm was, if if they know. So Asaph wrote this psalm, and indeed lots of the psalms in this third section. Um, And just like him, because trouble comes, we can find ourselves in despair, in despondency. And we too cry out to God for help. But sometimes we don't seem to find any comfort. We too start to look back to former days and start to think, oh, how good it was back then. So why has God abandoned me now? Verses five to nine. It says, I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remember my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing life vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in his anger withheld his compassion? Then in verse 10, we see a shift. We see the gear change in the psalm. We see Asaph make a decision, a deliberate choice to focus on God's mighty deeds from the past. And this changes his perspective He begins to shift his emotions and his focus shifts from himself and onto God. This is what it says, verse 10 to 12. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. So let's compare then. Earlier in verse 5, Asaph was remembering the good old days. This remembering was, was very general. And the lens through which he was remembering was through himself. Ah, It could be like us saying, oh, the good old days were so much better than they are today. If only the church could go back to how it was when I was younger. If only my life would be like it was before, and and so on and so on. This isn't helpful. It's focused on a type of selfishness, our wanting things to be our way and projecting this feeling Onto some of the faded memories that somehow seem to gather a glow of happiness with age. Things might have been better in the past, maybe. But we are not living in the past. We are living in the here and now. And harking back to the good old days, to some general kind of pie in the sky feeling does nothing to change or help the present situation. But having said that, remembering can be powerful. And indeed, it's incredibly biblical as well. Indeed, a different kind of remembering flips the coin of this psalm because it's when Asaph remembers the things God has done in his life and in the history of his exiled nation that things change let's notice he remembers the Most High who stretched out his hand he remembers the power and might of God in action in the past. That's what that's speaking to. He recalls the amazing things God has done. Notice specific things, not generalized emotions, but specific times when God has intervened and moved and acted and changed things. Verse 16 to 19 says this, Well, it doesn't say this. I've kind of summarized it. (laughs) He recalls God's deliverance through his servants Moses and Aaron, the exodus of the people of God out of slavery from Egypt, through the parted waters of the Red Sea, into the desert, but ultimately into the promised land. He says it quite poetically in the psalm, but that's what he's recalling. And why is this so powerful? Why is remembering this event and God's activity and hand in Israel's deliverance from Egypt so important to him now? Well, it's because Israel is being held captive once again. They are in the same position as they were in the day of slavery in Egypt. But take heart, because God moved then. He delivered Israel then. He acted powerfully then. Which means God can do it again now. Asaph and the whole people of Israel in captivity in Babylon can hold on to the fact that God delivers his people from captivity. They can gain hope in their hopeless situation. They can look ahead to a time of deliverance and freedom once again, being confident and knowing that God can deliver and will deliver them again. And so it is with us. We need to be better at remembering, church. Why is it that as humans, we so easily remember the bad stuff, the negative stuff, but find it so hard to remember the good? Now, I must admit, my memory is like a sieve, all right? This, this is my memory. This is my diary, okay? And everything that I do, On any given day, if it's not written down in this, I will not remember and it will not happen. Or it will happen, but I won't be there. Okay? (laughs) This is my memory box, okay? I'm not good at remembering. I find it incredibly helpful to write down things to remember them. And especially the important stuff. And we're thinking now, talking now about church and about life and about God. Writing down what God has done in your life. That prophetic word that someone gave you. And it's helpful not just in an individual life, but also in the life of a church. Do we record corporate words given to us we might kind of remember vaguely oh someone said something about a rainbow seven eight nine ten years ago which is true Jane did have a vision about a rainbow and and the church yeah yeah but but you know have have we got a record of that have we recorded what God actually said at that time it might be really useful to start doing that not just as an individual but as a church How about through answered prayer? Has there been something that we've been praying about that God has answered? It might be really small stuff. I know sometimes, quite often I pray, God, will you help me get to sleep? Or I wake up at 3 a.m. and I'm like, I'm never going to get back to sleep again. Help me get back to sleep. And sometimes God answers, sometimes I'm up at three and that's it. But it could be some of the big stuff as well. Let's record these things that God has done for us so that we can remember. But especially when we're recording answered prayers, let's let's just remember that God answers prayer his way and not in our way, or the way that we think he should answer, okay? And I just want to encourage you, as well as myself, to take the moments that God moves in our lives seriously, to record them, write them down. So I'm going to go out and get a nice notebook and start to record God's activity in my life, so that when trials come, When dark days come, we can look back, just like the psalmist has done, and we can see the detail, and we can be reminded of God's activity and goodness in our lives, and we can start to declare and to believe that if God did it then, he can do it again. And it will flip our perspective and bring hope into the hopelessness. That's why it's really useful, it's a tool. Remembering. These answered prayers may not just be for us individually, they might be for others as well. Asaph's Psalms have been spoken through the ageless to countless generations and have helped them to recall God's mighty works in their lives too. Our answered prayers are not just for us, but also for others. If God did it for you, he can do it for me. Richard Gamble, we saw him in the video there. He's um, one of the pioneers behind the eternal wall of answered prayer. Um, and in his book, Remember, and I would recommend this to you. It's a very good book. Um, as Clive was talking about books and, and really good ones and inspiring ones, this is one of them, Okay. His book called Remember, Revealing the eternal, war, eternal Power of Answered Prayer. He points out something very important when it comes to remembering and recording answered prayer. He says this on page 84. Right. Here we go. God is more interested in our journey of faith than the occasional motorway services pit stop of an answered prayer. Let our remembrance be focused not on the what, but more importantly, the why. It's not the moment of wow when God conspicuously interacts in our life, but it's the journey before and after the wow. It's what we learn about the nature of Jesus during our travel, which should dominate our attention. Fixing our sights exclusively on the wow of an answered prayer without giving any focus to the why is like watching a highlight package of a football game but never knowing the score. It's like revering the escape moment in Shawshank Redemption but never watching the rest of the film. Capturing the Hollywood moment but missing the meaning. These God moments, these instances of intervention will be an opportunity missed if the totality of our remembering consists of the physical response for all to wonder at. When we investigate the why, we discover the multiple layers revealing the wisdom of the giver. We're called to remember beyond the action to discover the intention so what he's saying there is yes God may answer the prayer and wow it might be miraculous but actually we should stop and ask ourselves well what can we learn about God from this rather than oh wow that's great what can we learn about God what's God trying to teach me through this answered prayer So as we begin to record the moments of answered prayer in our lives and in our church, let's not just record the detail of the wow moments, but alongside them, let's prayerfully ask God to reveal to us the why, the reason behind the answered prayer, the lessons he wants to teach, and let's record those as well. Who can finish this saying for me? Remember, remember the 5th of November, And there's a bit more to it, but yes, gunpowder, treason, and plot. That's quite a British thing, right? We remember Guy Fawkes' night, the the time when they tried to blow up the king and, and the parliament and have a revolution, but they were scuppered in their attempt, all right? So bonfire night still is a big celebration, mostly more about fireworks and toffee apples these days than it is about Guy Fawkes, but we still have the celebration, And it's remember, remember. The celebration is there to help us remember. And we see in the Bible as well, there are many ways of remembering. There are festivals that are held to help us remember. There's Passover. There's Feast of the Tabernacles. There's all sorts of feasts and things that help us to remember. We also have communion, don't we? That's an act of remembrance, remembering Jesus through physical objects. The bread and the wine, or in our case, the grape juice, helps us remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. where He took our sin upon himself so we might be forgiven to open the way back to God if we choose to take it. We can remember through objects, and things we build. Returning back to the story of the Exodus, the Israelites fleeing from Egypt and entering the promised land. And in the book of Joshua, we see the entry to the promised land, God stopping the waters of the Jordan in the same way as he did the Red Sea. They're leaving their old life And entering into their new life was by passing through the waters. And we can start seeing some connections there to baptism, but I'm not going into that now because that will be a whole other sermon. But God tells Joshua at that point to pile up 12 stones. Let's read this bit from Joshua. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, The Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder. Okay, so these these were pretty big stones, okay? According to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. And in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And in the notice video, before the sermon, we saw an update from the Eternal Wall of Answered Prayer. This is a memorial being built to the glory of God. In our, it's our modern version of the 12 stones being piled up to remind us of God's action and work in the world today. Memorial stones that we can point to, containing thousands upon thousands of answered prayers to give hope to our generation and also generations to come, that if God did it for us, he can do it for them too. It's a marvelous way of recording our answered prayers and an amazing tool that God can take and use. So what have we learned? In times of trouble, like the psalmist, call out to the Lord. Bring to mind the mighty works that he has already done in your life or the lives of others. Because if he did it then, he can do it again. We need to help us remember times in our lives when God has moved or spoken. We need to start making a record that we can refer back to when needed so that we don't forget. We've learned that God is for us He is with us. God wants us to remember him and his power, especially when things get tough. So what we're going to do now, just before the tea and coffee, is we're going to take a little bit of time to remember And I'm going to encourage you all that there's some stones at the front. Just like the Israelites were told, pick up a stone from the middle of the Jordan and place it over there. And remember this thing. When you come and collect your stone, we're going to take a few moments. Just pray and ask God to bring to remembrance something that he's done in your life. Might be a big thing, might be a small thing. but Something that God has done. And then take that stone home with you and put it somewhere. On the mantelpiece, somewhere in the garden, but somewhere you can see it. So that every time you see that stone, you remember that thing that God has done. Let's get better at remembering. So, Dave, could you just come and play something quietly on the guitar for us? And as he does that, I invite you to come and get a stone and take it back to your your table and just spend a few moments just praying and asking God what it is that he's done that he wants you to remember with this physical object. Jesus Thank you for the things you've done in our lives. Thank you that you parted the sea for the Israelites. And you rescued them from captivity. Thank you that the psalmist was able to remember that in his dark days. Help us, Lord, to remember your mighty works in our lives, the big things, the small things. Forgive us when we've forgotten. And we keep repeating the same stuff again and again because we don't remember. Help us to get better at remembering. And Lord, this, these stones, these physical objects, I just ask that whatever thing that you've given each one of us to remember about your goodness about your power, about your love today. That you'll really plant it deep in our hearts. And that when times get tough, we can look back and remember that if you've done it then, you can do it again. Amen.